Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm Raquel. And if you noticed, I was a little vague on welcoming you back to the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And the reason for that is we actually produce two podcasts for NBS. We do one for the company at large, and then we also do one for the Career Passport participants. And the purpose of this podcast is dual purpose. It's Mm -hmm. our first crossover episode. (laughs) So we're releasing this episode, which has to do with gratitude. So we're going to talk about some of the science behind gratitude. And we're also going to talk about some practical applications for how you can look at or think about gratitude and track gratitude in your life. But with Thanksgiving right around the corner, we wanted to talk about that topic this month. So we're releasing this podcast first to the Career Passport group. And then a couple weeks later, we're releasing it to the company at large. So that's why we're little vague when we're talking about what podcast do you mean? It's actually both. We're really excited to to talk about this topic today. Raquel, I know you've done research on the topic of gratitude and why it is so mm-hmm. beneficial to keep track of your gratitude. So could you share some of those things that you have come across in your research? Yes, yes. I'm excited to share this information, Rachel. Gratitude has been somewhat of, I would say, a buzzword in the last few years, and I wanted to see what all this buzz was about. I started my research with Robert A. Emmons. He is a PhD and also the world's leading scientific expert on gratitude. He's a professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, and the founding editor-in-chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology. He's also the author of several books about gratitude and the science behind it, such as The Little Book of Gratitude, Gratitude Works, Thanks, and Words of Gratitude. I watched his recorded lecture from a few years ago that he did for Westmont College. His lecture was over the topic of gratitude and what his studies have found out about the practice of gratitude. In this talk, he started out by saying that gratitude is about celebration. He mentioned Thanksgiving, birthday parties, weddings, anniversaries, and all of those kinds of celebrations are actually acts of gratitude. Gratitude for your life, your marriage, your family, your accomplishments, etc. And this really put gratitude in a different light for me. If you think about those celebrations as acts of gratitude, it actually might change your view on them and what kind of attitude you have towards them. Emmons was also one of the first people to extensively research gratitude. And within the last few years, there's been more research done on gratitude than there ever has been before. His lecture goes into how gratitude works in three key areas of our lives. Those are emotionally or our emotions and how we feel and react to things, relationally, our relationships with others, and then physically, there are actual health benefits to practicing gratitude, which I thought was remarkable. Okay, so what are some of the benefits that you see from a gratitude practice? Okay, yeah. He also stated that in all of the places gratitude has been studied, so like I said, your personal, professional, and spiritual life, it has benefits in all of those areas. So wherever you practice gratitude, you're going to get benefits from it. But the major findings were that the practice of gratitude allows people to handle stress better, 
learn from it, and actually be less depressed because of it. So Mm, um, yeah, pretty interesting. Emmons also debunks a few myths about gratitude in his talk. People often say that gratitude is just happy-ology or just positive thinking, but that's not the case at all. There are some key things to keep in mind when you practice gratitude to get these benefits. Uh, One of the studies he conducted debunked the myth that gratitude encourages passivity. Now, in this study, all participants wrote down five goals and they tracked their progress. One group was a control group, so that's all they did. Another group kept a gratitude journal and the other group kept a hassles journal (laughs) where they would write about all the things that bothered them in that day. So this study found that those who kept a gratitude journal along with tracking their goals were more successful at not only achieving their goals, but they also were not complacent when they met their goals. They actually wanted to work harder. So that that totally debunks that. Emmons also debunked the myth that gratitude is merely positive thinking. That's not at all what gratitude is or what the definition of gratitude is. He cited the definition of gratitude as an mm. attitude toward the giver and an attitude toward the gift. The determination to use it well to employ it imaginatively and inventively in accordance with the giver's intention. And that giver can be, you know, a higher power who you credit your talents to, or it can be your friend who gives you a birthday present. That is so interesting because as you were talking about that, I can think back to times where I have been the receiver of a gift and I have not shown good gratitude for it. (laughs) I'm sure we can all think of a time like that where we get something and we're like, oh, but I wanted it in this color or I, I, I'm glad you gave this to me. I just wish it were something else, you know, and sometimes our emotions leak through and instead of showing gratitude for it, we, we're kind of ungrateful. Rachel, that's so true because in his talk, he also mentioned, you know, what happens when you do get that ugly sweater, the shoes in the wrong color, or the vacuum from your significant Mm -hmm. other? (laughs) It made me think of that scene from the movie A Christmas Story. Now, if you haven't seen it, there's a pretty iconic scene Mm -hmm. where the star of the movie, Ralphie, who's a little boy, receives a pink bunny suit from his Aunt Clara on Christmas morning. Now, this was something that she had sent via the mail. So Aunt Clara is not actually in the scene. So, of course, Ralphie hates it and refuses to even try it on. But his mom is so insistent on him to just try it on. And she specifically mentions all of the trouble Aunt Clara went through to make it for him. When he finally put the suit on, I really think his mom was looking at the whole situation through the lens of gratitude. While no one else really liked the suit, his mom was so grateful for it. It was a gift, and Aunt Clara, despite what Ralphie thought, meant for it to maybe keep him warm and meant for it to maybe be something cozy that he could wear to sleep. Now, if you really think about it, Aunt Clara is never going to get that time back that it took her to make that pink suit. Maybe it was a few hours, maybe it was a couple of days, but Ralphie can't go out, or Ralphie's parents can't go out and buy her that time back. She can't go to a store and get that time back. So you can see why his mom was so insistent on having him try it on. And then she mentions that he'll just wear it when Aunt Claire comes to visit. 
I think this is what Emmons was getting at. Don't look at the gift. Look to the giver of the Mm. gift and be grateful for it. So if you look at it from that perspective of what Aunt Clara gave Mm. to that gift to give to Ralphie, you're a little bit more grateful. You see things a little bit differently. To prepare for this podcast, I also stumbled across a couple other videos with some quick hitter facts about gratitude. One of these videos was by Braincraft and it was called The Amazing Effects of Gratitude. And here's what that video taught me. Practicing gratitude can increase happiness and decrease depression. I think Emmons already brought that to light for us. Uh, Practicing gratitude can reduce your blood pressure. In one of these videos, they also talked about a study where those with heart disease kept a gratitude journal. They found this regular practice actually increased their heart health and reduced their stress by increasing their quality of sleep, which is really amazing. Yeah, that is very interesting. I mean, any way to get a better night's sleep, I am on board for. Yes, yes. Um, This video also found that cultivating an attitude of gratitude actually rewires your brain Mm -hmm. to retain positive experiences better and actually deflect the negative experiences, which I thought was remarkable. There are also a lot of repeated facts from Dr. Emmons' study as well in these videos, but one of the most interesting pieces of information I found was that in a study that had 6th and 7th graders keep a gratitude journal for three weeks, just journaling for three weeks caused their GPA to increase over the course of the academic year. Now, that's just unbelievable. I think I'm going to have my kids start doing that and see what happens. (laughs) Um, But Rachel, I also watched this video that Jay Shetty produced. And if you don't know, Jay Shetty is a bestselling author. He's a podcast host. He's Mm -hmm. actually also a former monk, and he's currently a purpose coach. Mm -hmm. He did a video and he talked about how to keep a gratitude journal. And I thought some of his points were really interesting. But Rachel, this is probably a good time for you to finally talk to us about those practices on how we can implement an attitude of gratitude in Mm, our lives. Definitely. So I'm sure everybody is very interested in how to start their own gratitude practice after hearing all of those benefits, Raquel. (laughs) I had the pleasure of researching some of those practical applications. So now you know the benefits behind it, but how do you actually show gratitude and practice gratitude? Well, I think one of the most important things that we learned from you, Raquel, is that gratitude is a muscle. You have to exercise that muscle in order to help it grow and to increase your gratitude practice. So one of the most practical ways that I found you've already mentioned is keeping a gratitude journal. And the reasons why keeping a gratitude journal is helpful in that respect is because it causes you to pause and bring that emotion of being grateful to your mind because you're sitting there as you're writing down what you're grateful for and you're thinking through the events of the day and what happened to make you express or feel gratitude. So you're pausing and reviewing that. And as you're keeping that gratitude journal, you can always go back and review the things that you were grateful for in the past to recall those memories again and reassociate those positive feelings that you had when you experienced that gratitude. If you're like me though, you might start that practice enthusiastically. Uh, You might run out and grab a pretty new notebook and start writing in it immediately. And then after a week or two, you might toss it to the side and then six months later, there it is collecting dust and you haven't opened it since you first got it. (laughs) So what are some things that you can do to stay motivated? 
Well, one of the things that I have done, I've actually been keeping a gratitude journal for about four weeks now, give or take. And uh, the way that I have been doing it is I created some space in my bullet journal. I talk about my bullet journal a lot if you're in any event or lunch and learn with me, but I love my bullet journal. It's how I make sure that I'm getting things done. But in addition to my to-dos, I have a space that I write down three things that I did well that day, which is something I learned from the book Organize Tomorrow Today. And then I also write down at least three things that I'm grateful for. But it's funny because it helps me continue to do that. And like I said, I've been doing it for about four weeks now, maybe even a little bit longer than that. But I haven't really noticed an uptick in my my general feeling of well-being as a result of doing it. And the reason why is because I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I watched a, a video on YouTube by Karen Beginsky, and she talked about gratitude journaling and how you can make it work for you. But one of the things that she says in that video is you need to write down not only what you're grateful for, but why you're grateful for it. And the why is where you get those benefits. <laughs> so I've just been writing down what I'm grateful for. And that's why I feel like I haven't really noticed much of a difference. Okay. That's that's interesting because I was talking about the Jay Shetty video and he says it, his formula for it is I'm grateful for mm -hmm. this because of this. That is and exactly what she said in her <laughs> video too. I'm grateful for blank because why are you grateful for that? <laughs> So yeah. uh, that really helps cement, again, the fact that you are grateful, but also why you're grateful for that thing. So I did that last night and I do feel like, I mean, you're not going to get immediate results, but I do recognize the fact that the why is incredibly important when you're keeping that gratitude journal. So I think that will be a key motivator in keeping it going is making sure that you're writing down the, both the what and the why. Yes, I agree. Because he also specified that, you know, if you're going to do this, it needs to be specific mm -hmm. and genuine. And I feel like, you know, just listing things, okay, that's specific, but the genuine comes yes. from the why. Like, well, why are you grateful mm -hmm. for these new shoes? Or why are you mm -hmm. grateful for a sunny day? And, exactly. Yeah. So, that's practical tip number one. If you use a bullet journal, create space in there, or maybe you're not a bullet journaler like I am. One of the great ways that you can motivate yourself is to buy the pretty notebook. It's okay to do that. <laughs> it's always okay yes, to do Raquel that. Raquel and I are avid stationary buffs and we love the value of a good <laughs> <Yes>. notebook. <laughs> But go ahead and buy the pretty notebook, but make sure it's a notebook that you want to see on display because you'll want to keep that out. A lot of people keep their gratitude journals on their desks or on their nightstands, and that is the visual cue or that mental trigger to say, I need to make sure to write in my gratitude journal today. The visual cue portion comes from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. When you are trying to create a new habit or start a new habit in your your life, 
part of what you need is a visual cue to remind you to do the action. So buy a notebook that you like and that you would want to keep open or keep out for you to see on a regular basis. Another tip that I have on gratitude journaling also comes from James Clear, but it uh, has to deal with habit tracking. One of the things that he does, again, when you're trying to form a new habit is you keep track of it. So you have something that you write down what you did, or you can mark off that you completed that habit for that day. And his rule of thumb is never miss two. Two. So you can miss one day, but try not to miss two days in a row. And then along with that, there was something interesting in the YouTube video that I watched about gratitude journaling. But science says, according to this YouTube video by Karen Beginski, that doing it three times a week is actually more beneficial than doing it every day of the week which I found very interesting. I think it has to do with the fact that three times a week is still a very consistent practice, but it's still new enough that it doesn't become old hat quickly. So if you're doing it every day, it just might become something that you mark off a list. Whereas if you do it three days a week, that helps you stay in that game. And that also aligns pretty well with that role of never miss two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another thing is create a specific time and a place to do it. So I actually, when I started my gratitude journaling habit, I do it twice a day. And it doesn't take long for me to do it. But one of the first times that I do it is as soon as my work day is over and I shut my laptop, I have my bullet journal still in front of me because I've used it for my work day. So I immediately write down one or two things that I am grateful for that happened during the course of the work day. And it doesn't have to be something strictly work related. Usually they are, but you know, we all get text messages and phone calls throughout the course of the day that are personal. So if something happened that was personal during your workday, feel free to write that down at that point. The other time that I do it is right before I go to bed, I make sure to write down at least one more, if not two more things that I am grateful for before I close my bullet journal for the night and hop in my bed. So you don't have to do it two times a day. That's just what works for me because I have my mental triggers in place to do it at those times. If you want to do it first thing in the morning, if you want to do it right before you go to bed, those are all totally fine solutions, but just pick a specific time of day where you can practice your gratitude in your journal. So those were the things that centered around the practical application of the gratitude journal. But I actually have a couple more things that you can do to work on your gratitude or build that gratitude gratitude muscle. One of them is to pick a specific person and express your gratitude to them. So there's very simple ways that you can do this. And I'm sure that these are things that we've all done before, but it's just making it a mindful practice of doing it on a continuing basis. So you can write a thank you note, text, email, and send it to that person explaining why you're thankful for them being in your life or if there's something specific they did, you can send them that thanks. Uh, you can call them and talk to them. You know, our phones are not just texting machines. <laughs> they actually work as phones too. So you can call them and tell them that you appreciate them. You could even get them a small token of your appreciation. If you like to give gifts, then that could be another great way to show that you're grateful for them. So one of the things that I've been toying with or chewing on is you can start out this practice by picking one person and maybe starting with one person a month and saying, all right, 
I'm going to show Raquel that I am grateful for her in some way this month, whether it's a text, a phone call, a gift, anything like that. So pick one person a month and find at least one way to show them that you are grateful for them. And one of the things that I was also chewing on along with this concept is Gary Chapman is an author and he wrote a book about the five love languages. Mm -hmm. And so this is a theory that there are five primary ways that people experience love. And so the five ways are words of affirmation. So telling people what you appreciate about them or what you like about them, physical gifts. So little tokens of appreciation, or they could be big gifts, but really any kind of of a physical representation of giving someone something. Uh, that's another one. Physical touch. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, acts of service. So doing something for that person and quality time. So spending good time in conversation or just time together. So those are the five love languages. And most people have a top two that they prefer as far as love languages go. So those are the ways they feel love. So they might be high in words of affirmation and acts of service. And what you can do then to continue to show gratitude to people is watch them for a little while and figure out how they experience love. What are their primary one or two love languages that hmm. they appreciate the most? And the way that you can tell this is people tend to show love in the way they like to receive it. So hmm. if my top two were words of affirmation and acts of service, I'm going to show people I love them by telling them those words of affirmation or doing acts of service for those people. So I can sit back and watch most people in my life and say, okay, you do this for me a lot. So I bet you would like that reciprocated. That's how you show love. And that's how you want to experience love. So pay attention to those people that you want to express gratitude for and find out their love language. And then once you have found that out, then that's how you can show your gratitude for them by doing an act of service. Maybe you pop over and rake their leaves because it's fall. And I don't know about you, but my yard is covered in leaves right now. <laughs> or if, if it's words of affirmation, maybe you can write them a nice card saying, hey, I really like this and this and this about you. So I'm so glad you're in my life. Those little tokens go such a long way. If you are speaking that person's love language, it just amplifies it that much more. So I have one more tip to talk about today. I've talked about the gratitude journal and I've talked about expressing gratitude to the people in your life. The last one though is my least favorite because it's the hardest <laughs> to do. <laughs> and this one is limit your complaining and your Ew. criticism. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this one's really hard because it's our human nature to complain and to mm -hmm. criticize. But this one is also going to reap a lot of benefits because as we all know, I'm sure, complaining and criticism gets your mind stuck in the negative where gratitude refocuses your mind on mm -hmm. the positive. And Raquel, I think you talked about this in our first segment, but the people who recorded the hassles journal uh -huh. were generally more stressed and more depressed about what was going on. Yep. Whereas people who were recording gratitude were more positive and more mm -hmm. optimistic on their outlook. Mm -hmm. So I think that really just reinforced is that point of complaining and criticizing and focusing on your struggles is 
putting you in that negative mindset to where it's affecting your life. So one thing that I think we should be doing is when we find ourselves wanting to complain or criticize, try to find the positive in the situation. And it's hard and you have to be mindful of what you're saying in that moment. And I know a lot of us just kind of fly on autopilot. (laughs) I know I for sure do. (laughs) But I have a story that goes along with this. And I think it's a really good illustration of trying to find the positive. Okay. So my family, we just took my grandmother to see her sister in Arkansas last week. And one of the, one of the unexpected things that happened was we ended up on our way to Arkansas, driving over a mountain range. (laughs) Uh, We did not know that the Ozark Mountains and the Ouachita Mountains were a thing in Arkansas, but they are. We had never done that before. We'd never driven over mountains. I had been to Denver and I'd seen them, but I've never been up in them before. But all of a sudden, as we're driving, we see the mountains in the distance and very quickly we're driving up and over these mountains, which is very up and very down, twist and turn and hairpin curves. You have to take it 10 miles an hour. (laughs) And as we're driving, that's stressful enough, right? So as we're driving, we immediately drive into this dense (gasps) fog. I mean, this fog is so thick, you can't see more than three feet in front of the car. Oh, man. (laughs) And my poor sister (laughs) was so scared the whole time. I felt so bad because she's in the backseat and she has her almost eight-month-old baby with her. And it's a very Mm -hmm. stressful situation because we didn't know the road. We didn't know what was Mm going to happen. And we were kind of thinking in our heads as we're driving. And even after after we were done driving, we were all kind of like, wow, that was so bad. We had no idea Mm -hmm. it was going to be that bad. And you know, why did we take this way? This is horrible. But then my mom said later, after we'd had a little time to process, you know, maybe the fog that caused so much stress was actually a good thing because she went driving on the mountains later while we were still there. And as you looked over to the side, when you're driving up the mountain, there was just nothing there. I mean, it was a straight drop off. There was a line of trees and then a drop off, which is very scary, especially if you're (laughs) not used to mountain driving. So maybe that fog was there to protect us from seeing that image and being even more scared of something that might happen. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's just a great illustration of how to take something negative that you want to complain about and flip it to the positive and find a way to appreciate that scary situation or that stressful situation. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. So those are the three tips that I have uh, for practicality's sake to try to incorporate a practice of gratitude in your life. We all have heard the benefits of it from Raquel, your research. So thank you so much for that research. I would Mm -hmm. love to challenge our listeners to just take one of these things that you heard today, whether it's the journal, whether it's it's thanking somebody, whether it's trying to rein in your criticism or complaining, pick one of those things and try to incorporate it in your daily practice going forward and just see how it changes your mindset. I think it, it has the power to do a lot of good things in your life if you let it. Oh, for sure. Maybe the best way to wrap this up right now, Raquel, is express a little gratitude for our listeners. We always say thank you for listening, but we really mean it. We love the fact that you listen because this is a passion project for Raquel and I. Mm -hmm. We love doing these podcasts. We love doing the research that goes into them. And we really 
enjoy when we hear people like listening and that people were able to learn something from it. So thank you so much from the very bottom of our little hearts. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And we're really excited for the rest of the year too. We've got some great things planned for the Career Passport podcast and we have great things planned for the regular NBS cast that's available to all of our associates as well. So make sure you stay tuned to those episodes that come out in TGIF. But as always, happy listening. We appreciate you. We'll catch it in the next episode. Yes. Thank you. Bye.